From Breaking Bad to Calling Soul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chilling, watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into Geek Marvel TV talking Shield and the Gifted. My name is Mitch. Joining me, Captain Marvel from Get Into Geek, Matty Gibson. Yo. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Shield episode twelve of season five. That's where we're going to kick it off. The one hundredth episode of Shield. Oh shit! They've reached the milestone. Well done, yeah. Shield. Hey, here we are. You know, this is probably well, not probably. This was a show that they. I mean, even I, I remember, were you at that premiere screening with me of the of the very first episode? I want to say I was. Yeah, it was at the cinemas, I think, that we got invited to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we got invited out to a, a premiere screening by Channel 7, if you're outside of Australia, a, a network here that's a free-to-wear network that was airing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they put on a big premiere night at uh, one of our local cinemas, and it was the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the first episode of The Blacklist, and they were their new yes, shows that were signing right. up. Bang, it's going to be massive. Put on food and drink for everybody, and it's like, wow, we're going to watch a TV show on a movie screen and I'm like this is so amazing this is so great we're going to watch something like in canon with the movies I was losing my mind Captain Chronology it was like <laughs> the birth of all that and then I watched it and I remember thinking oh I just didn't have the oomph that I really wanted and it was weird because you're watching a story set within a cinematic world that's written for TV but then we were watching that TV show on a big screen. It really did put it behind the eight ball because it's like you could really see the budget yes. difference yeah, between yeah, yeah. a Marvel film mm. and a Marvel TV show. And it's yep. just like, oh, they put us behind the eight ball on that one. Because this was like a couple of months after Iron Man 3 and, you know, a couple of months before Thor The Dark World. So you're right in the middle of these two very big budget, CGI mm. heavy, good special effects Marvel's up on the big screen period. Marvel stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. I, know, I, read an, I read an interview recently with uh, Chris Hemsworth and he described Thor The Dark World as... Meh. I'm like, come on, man. I actually really like The Dark World. Having said that, I've not rewatched it in years. Yeah. I might not have ever actually watched it on Blu-ray, but I remember really liking the cinemas. But anyway, I digress. We're here to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And yeah, here we are. The show that maybe never would have moved past its first season had it not have been for Captain America the Winter Soldier. Mm. Arguably still my favourite MCU movie, at least heading into Infinity War, which kind of obliterated any list I had. And I've <laughs> got to regather my thoughts. But that really put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for me into a good flow where it knew what it was then because it was it was picking up the pieces from the movie and whether you like or hate how it ties itself in and, and, and piggybacks itself off the MCU, we're 100 episodes down the track and it's ready for season six. We're coming back. How pissed is Peggy Carter right now? Well, yeah, and deservedly so. That was a good little show and, you it know, was. she got written off for two seasons. So come on, Netflix, do what you do and do what we love you doing and pick it up and give it another run on a streaming network. Anyway, here we are, The Real Deal, uh, episode 12 of season five. Uh, finally, have a name. General Hale. Cool for this bad chick. I've finally got ah, a name to put to the face brilliant. of a woman that I'm growing to hate because, my God, she just, you know, just very calm, very subtle, conniving it's, bitch of a bad guy. It's that hairdo. 
She's just so yeah. uptight. I know. Know. Just it's just like, like let, it, let it down, man. Love? It's like that hairdo or the uniform, like both of them together. It's like, yeah, you, you don't let anyone. And no offense to any, you know, female generals that are listening by any means. But uh, I'm it's sure it's like, regulation. As far as the TV goes, that's cliche for I'm a hard ass. Yeah. And in this show, it's like, unless you're part of the good guys, you are a bad guy. Yeah. So uh, she's a uh, badass bad guy. Um, and the other one, Coulson's uh, his secret. He's, he's out, man. He's sick and he's dying and the team are not reacting too well and even as a viewer you're like oh shit hang on we've got a we're faced with the prospect of of watching an agents of shield without agent colson uh, dead colson been there done that yeah <laughs> so 2012 you know what? you're right <laughs> and that hurt for 18 months until we saw him on tv again i was a little confused so is it because of the stuff that happened with ghost rider or is it because he got cut with the cree guy who was infected with the odium that seemed to be like the catalyzing agent. Or, yeah. Or was it just he wasn't healing from that cut from the thing and that's what then they noted? I don't understand. They threw around the Ghost Rider stuff a little bit and I don't want to have to rely on this and I'm sure you would absolutely hate it um, But and I'm, I'm sure I would too, but I kind of would have liked them to have thrown a little bit of that Ghost Rider stuff in the previously on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just to go, oh, yeah. that's why. Because I hardly remember that whole unison between him and the spirit of Ghost or whatever the hell happened at the end of last yeah, season. Yeah, and there was the... Was it a, a, a toll coming due or something or mm. other? But it's like, you know, they bring back Lash for this episode. They bring back um, old Centipede, mate. Um, was it Death... No, not Deathstroke. What's his name? Uh, Deathlock. Deathlock. They I get him up- so confused. Honestly, it's up until this episode, for the last year and a half, I've been struggling with Deathstroke, Deadshot, and Deathlock. <laughs> I'm like, okay, two of them are in one universe, yeah. one's in another. I don't even know which is what, and I'm getting confused. So, yeah, But Deathlock. I feel like they're bringing all this back. There's a fear dimension. I'm like, that would have been a perfect way to bring Robbie back, just for this one. Because mm. they're bringing back all these greatest hits for the 100th episode. Why not bring that back if that was a part of it? I don't know. Like yeah. when there's all these like apparitions appearing of things that you're fearing. Oh, unintended rhyme. <laughs> I just rhyme five myself. Um, why not bring him back? Why not bring? I mean, maybe the actor wasn't available. I don't know. But yeah. why not even just bring him back in the CG ghostwriter form so he could just give us a line yeah. or something to yeah. tie it all together? Because I'm I'm still really unclear about what what the deal is with Coulson and why he's dying. I'm actually a little glad that I had forgotten this was the 100th episode because I that was my big takeaway from from this ep was that it just felt a little bit bitsy. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to explain that a little bit more, but the idea now that I find out it's the 100th, like, oh, that makes sense why it's like, like Lash is there but played like no part in the episode mm. and they go, oh, it's a fear dimension so there you go. And I'm like, what? This, yeah. Like this show... I feel it's trying a bit too hard to hang a lantern on the, hey, it's the 100th episode. Remember all these cool things we've yeah. did? Let's bring them all back. Absolutely. I think they got caught up a little bit with like, hey, let's yeah. get, let's throw in now, you know, highlights and all that sort because of thing. Because it's like three monoliths. Now, we know one of them travels you through time. We know that one of the other monoliths that we've seen, whether it's one of the three that were there, travels you through space. We don't know what the third... But it's like three exploding yeah. monoliths equals fear dimension. Yeah. I ain't buying it. Yeah, it just, it was I mean... A, just that step too far. Yeah. It's like if it was a, a hole in time, space, and dimensions or whatever, mm. and it took them to an alternate dimension, cool. You know, I mean, we did just go through all that with um, the framework, which took kind of like a, their take on doing an alternate dimension. Like yeah, yeah. I was just like, fear dimension? Mm. Really? Is that... 
Is See, that what we're doing? I know our, we have a sister podcast. If you don't know where we talk about Stargate SG-1, it's called Get Into Gate. If you're an old fan of that show, even if you're not, that's the point of it. Get Into Gate. We've got a new watcher, blah, 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 if you haven't heard us uh, talk about it before. But for me, it was a bit like a, a stargate type episode where they open up the gate and then something from that world that they connect with you know, uh, amplifies and manifests their fears. Whereas this show doesn't really do that. Like, it's very much a, a serial where it does flow on from one episode to another. So the idea of, oh, by the way, yet this explosion, uh, fear dimension, and that would make more sense to me if there was some kind of entity getting around and it saw May and or sensed May, and so then it delves into her mind and becomes Lash because for her, yeah. that was her great loss it's, in life, her great love. It's and a then cliche writing fear. trope for a reason. It works. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, it's manifesting your fears. But the idea that we as an audience saw on the, on the camera that was like crushed by this creature that you later learn, oh, that that's right, that's Lash. Like these these manifestations of, of all the agents' fears, it's like as soon as they peered into our dimension, they became, whether it was one entity or several, became different manifestations of fear for each of the agents without having seen them. Like, it was just like they were automatically there. They could sense what they were all about. Like, it was just a bit confusing for me. Mm. And something this show doesn't really do where it's the just astronaut. like... The astronaut? Yeah. Well, really? I mean, in saying that, I actually loved uh, the... Uh, well, not, I mean, not Deathlock, but his alter ego. Um, He'll always be gun to me. He'll yeah. He'll be gun. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be... Actually, fun, a bit of, bit of fun trivia for you is... That actor, J. August Richards, yep. was in the Buffy spin-off Angel with the mum from Gifted. They were oh, both of course. In, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. dated. They dated for like two and a half seasons in that show. Oh really? Yep. Oh, we're we talking about Gifted a little bit. Amy Acker. Oh, always got time for Amy Acker. She's awesome. More Amy Acker. Um I liked that that storyline with Colson that his great fear. I mean, obviously, it's all about his death, but and as much as he's saying he's willing to accept death and all that, that that Shield has failed, or that he's not going to be there to be, you know, to be a part of, to help it along, that he's still on the operating table after being stabbed by Loki, and everything that's happened has been completely irrelevant because he's not he's not out there doing these things. Yeah. It's all going through another his mind. great sci-fi trope that's yeah. been used before. It's like the whole Buffy did it, yeah. uh, Star Trek did it. It's like the whole thing's a dream. Mm. The main character is actually crazy in an insane asylum, and the people that they're populating with their reality are the doctors and the wardens and all those people that are actually you know coming to see them. Mm. It's a great trope. It works. I just there wasn't enough of that. There was yeah. it, it got distracted by all the other bits and pieces. Yeah, and I was a little bit put off by. Like Daisy and Phil kind of like suddenly being all woke and pouring out their emotions <laughs> to each other. It just made it a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Because like they've always had this unspoken father daughter thing. And I always felt like that, the unspoken part of it was more important. And I always say it's the book version. Mm. I can insert my own um, thoughts and ideas and of what they would say. And that's always going to be better mm. for the individual watcher than anything they can say. So the way they started sort of spouting, I was like, really? Mm-hmm. I just It just felt a bit, in the same way the whole Colson May, will they, won't they thing kind of makes me uncomfortable yeah. as well. I'm like, a male and a female can be friends without there being without it having to be either a lover or a daughter. Yeah, like that, not, I feel like that's the only people yeah. Colson has in his life. Not once for the first three and a half seasons, up until halfway through season four of this show, did we ever think, at least you and I, I'm sure, mm. go, 
oh gee, I wonder if Colson and May are ever going to get yeah. together. And then they wrote it in the show. It just felt it felt weird. Like I, I don't. And know ironically, how... they shoehorned it into season four, which yeah. is the same season they introduced May's ex-husband, who was back in her life as Lash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like really, she's getting over his death, and they. Oh, yeah. I did you? Know. I don't know how far into Walking Dead did you did you watch? Uh, I think I've only missed out on the latest season. Like, was it season seven or season, eight or whatever? Season it is. eight was the last one. Yeah. Well, did you did you watch up until when they wrote Rick and Michonne as? being in a relationship yeah. together. And that felt really weird too. It was like, hang on, these these two are the tough, no bullshit leaders of this group and all of a sudden they're sleeping with each other and I'm just like, this just seems like force too. Mm. It, was, it felt, it doesn't feel as, as jagged to me as that relationship because from the very start of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Coulson and May have been a part of it but at the same time, I never wanted them to get together. I don't need them no. to get together. Like, to me, they're partners. They're Ant-Man and Wasp. Like, yeah. they're, they're partners, you know? yeah. yeah. Mm. It, 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 it felt a little weird for them to, to bring that back up again and what his impending death might mean for them and mm. and why you know is this why he hasn't pushed on with their relationship because he yeah. uh, because he knew that it was coming and I did think it was weird as well that Daisy was like willing to sacrifice herself to the fear dimension mm. to save Colt do do whatever and it's like the whole overarch is she's the destroyer of worlds. Mm. Does she not think sacrificing herself into these three monoliths that have exploded into a fear dimension? <laughs> couldn't that possibly not be what makes the world crack apart? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Really, Daisy? <laughs> really? Oh, guys. I did. I have to admit, I did get, I mean, while they were outpouring their hearts, I did get a little bit of the feels when he's just like having an argument with her. He's like, there must always be a shield and there must always be someone here. And I'm like, yeah, that, like, I think this episode more than any other before it, it I've realised that, I mean, one, Coulson, but two, the, the entire team, I don't care that they're all just nice people and they're all just out to do good things for the right reasons. Like, I don't ever sit there and worry about any of the main five or six cast members. Are they... Are they compromised? You know, are they mm. corruptible? Like, they're not. All of them are out there to do the right thing for the right reasons. They're good people. It's good for evil. But I'm actually not bothered by that because I'm like I, I'm I kind of need a, a, a show or even within that show a group of people that do that like Colson forever the good guy and I'm like yeah you we need someone like you with your beliefs like you know mm. almost a student of Captain America as we found it in the Avengers the first Avengers movie was that he loves the ideologies of what Captain America stood for and uh, yeah and so I feel I'm, like I feel like uh, Captain America's speeches get me in the feels more though yeah oh absolutely because they do, yeah. Because of the sacrifices A he's made and the sacrifices he's willing to make, mm. to, you know, what does he say to um, uh, Tony? It's like you, you're never going to be the one to put yourself on the line and never be the one to cut the white, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Coulson hasn't really put his life on the line. Like, yes, he died in in, in Infinity War, mm. but it's like he didn't sacrifice himself. He yeah. just got outsmarted by Loki. Yeah, it wasn't really a sacrifice play. Mm. So whereas Cap has sacrificed himself stupidly or not stupidly. So, <laughs> yeah, when Coulson gives those speeches, I'm just like, oh, I kind of prefer Coulson when he's just like, when he's Batman, when he's just wry and in control yeah. and sarcastic and quippy. Like, that's the Coulson I want. Well, so that's the thing. What are, they, what are they doing to us as an audience? Are they trying to... Are they trying to get all this emotion out so that when they don't kill him, we're like, oh, thank God they didn't because they've been peppering it through so long that we're not ready for it? Or are they trying to slowly sell us the fact that mm. or slowly get us used to the idea that he is actually going to die yeah. coming in. Or is it, are they selling it to us so we'll go, oh, they're gonna fix it right at the end. And mm. then when he does die, it's like that double reverse yeah. 
kind of backflip play. And it's just like, yeah, I mm. don't know. It's hard to sell long-term peril like that for me. Yeah, yeah. I find when, it hard. Especially when we've got, what, 10 episodes to, to go in this season. So Yeah. That um that waterfall landing at the lighthouse though is oh one, my of, God. one of the most badass things this so, show has shown us. I think all season, if not the last couple of seasons. For me, it actually might be cooler than the raft. Like as as maybe a visual effect. Like it's so cool when you're in the middle of civil war. It's pissing down rain in the middle of the ocean, and then Tony's hovering there in the helicopter, and then like this gigantic structure emerges from the water. Okay, that I mean, it's not like it's good or bad and. By oh, one being cool. good, it is awesome. But the idea that just off the coast, this giant hole opens up in the ocean, yeah. and there's this entrance to a secret base in there. And when uh, when the other agents arrive, and Deathlock arrives at the end, and you had um, Daisy and was it Daisy and May that go out to greet them. They've got there yeah. with their guns, and like I really like the attention to detail. Like they obviously had massive fans on them, like blowing their hair sideways and shit. There's what like there would be like you. I hate. I, I come across um, Superman Returns the other day, and Superman's hovering, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of meters in the sky, oh, flying with Lois Lane. No, no, flying with Lois Lane, like yeah. having a nice romantic moment with her. Her hair is hardly moving, and I'm like, um, you wouldn't yeah, be able to talk. Annoying. You wouldn't be able to. They do that a lot of motorbikes like, right? too. When yeah. there's chicks on motorbikes, their hair never moves. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, really? But that it does. It looks so cool man just like the spectacle the oh, just so the awesome. spectacle looks so much cool. I can't imagine we'll see that a lot because I reckon that would have been hella expensive Absolutely, for them to yeah. do but I really appreciate that they did it it was just it was a hint of like what they did in the first Avengers like me not knowing the background of, of the comics or anything like that with the helicarriers and shield they didn't sort of set you up like, oh, get ready for this awesome thing we're going to show you. It was just like, it's another day at the office for these guys. So when Captain America lands on on the, the helicarrier and then they're like, oh, we better go inside now. It's going to get windy. And they're like, oh, was this submarine? It's like, and yeah. they start flying. And it's just like, oh, holy shit. You're getting used to it through that character. So the fact that they didn't go, oh, come out. We've got a secret entrance. We're going to show the audience. It was just like, oh, here's a hole in the thing. And we're out there like yeah. just... And a great way to be like, oh, we can't get rid of the Zephyr. We need somewhere to be able to park the Zephyr. Yeah. <laughs> They're in a lighthouse underground. What? Let's just open up the ocean. I'm totally down for that. I'm totally down for it. Uh, how pissed up would you reckon um, Ward is, though, that he could he wasn't invited back? Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, again, without knowing this was the 100th episode, I was there thinking, was Deathlock the best option for this or would Ward have been the, the better option? Like, yeah. have a guy that is like, okay, Deathlock was his ally. But would that have meant more to have had a guy that was his ally and then became his arguably number one? I guess foe? the only thing I could think of is by the end, what was it that took over Ward? Um, uh, yeah, the, the something, the Hive. Was yeah, it Hive? Yeah, 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 yeah. By the end, Ward's body was kind of nothing, and it was that weird tentacly uh, mm. parts of the Caribbean, you know, fish face, Davy Jones. Yeah, yeah. Davy Jones thing. So maybe that's. They're like, okay, well, we won't bring Ward back because really when he died, he he wasn't Ward. He was that. Mm. So it's like, well, if their worst fear was manifested, would it be Ward's face or would it be Fish face? Yeah. So I can kind of see that, but it's like when they were kind of reaching for all these nostalgia things, mm. I was like, well, Ward would be great. I loved Ward. I yeah. thought Ward was great. I, I liked him as a as an ally yep. and I liked him as a villain. Yeah. I actually, you know. I thought um, he had a really good send-off too as that actor from the show. Like, you know, he... You know, arguably died a couple of times, but when he was in space, as Hive and Lincoln had uh, flown into space to make sure that he got killed and destroyed, 
that was a nice, even though he was a bad guy at that particular time, I thought it was a nice send off for the actor. I really yeah. liked that was the end of season three, and I really, I really dug that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Also, at the fear dimension, they had uh, the, um, the, the giant like forest, you know, uh, lakeside little community uh, open up like twenty seven levels down. Oh, you know, the little have, uh, the little holodeck. Yeah. Um, where they walk, you know, I actually would really like that. Like, are oh, you nervous, Fitz? I'm like, oh shit, they're gonna have a wedding here. Okay, cool. And oh, they open I didn't pick that. Surrounded by trees and you know, beautiful, uh, you know, beautiful uh, sunshine and all that sort of thing. Uh, and for me, like, I always refer to it as a home and away wedding um, because you only are surrounded by the people that you see in every single episode. Yeah. Like the idea that you know Fitz and Simmons would have old friends or family that they would like to have at their wedding if 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 you know t- situation pre- uh, presented itself or uh, oh, Bobby and Lance Bobby and Lance absolutely but the idea that it's like hey let's just I mean I don't know why they needed to rush getting married but it was like why wait I think was their big thing when yeah. they were still in the future it's like why wait any longer so for me calling it a home and away wedding where it's oh well, the only people that are going to be there are their castmates basically yeah. and it's like Deathlock was invited because he was there for the episode yeah. it's <laughs> like... and the other random agents that were with him right, like, like, right? who are these guys who... but the, oh, which which one's fits and which one's <laughs> yeah, Simmons? Who are you with? I'm with here with both. Like I actually like that little cutaway bits between him and uh, him and Deke. Yeah. Now, wow. Okay. Um. So Deke, we're, we're presented with General Hale. She's got her people. She's investigating from the cops that thought they'd um, seen Daisy, and she was there to free Deke, who you know had been drunk and disorderly. Who I'm now calling Deke instead of Zeke. Yeah. For the longest time, I thought he was Zeke. But yeah. Now he's Deke. So was I. I keep having to check in my notes. <laughs> I think every second one's a different uh, a different spelling. Um, they're like, oh, he's an LMD because we've got no trace of him. Like, he doesn't have a history. And it's like, oh, and as an audience member, I'm like, he's from the future. You guys are so dumb. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, has he got no, like, genetic ties to anyone? No, not one, two people. And I'm like, don't you dare, don't you dare. Holy f***, he's grandson. <laughs> oh, shit. Now, mind you, when I'm watching this episode, I'm like trying to get my baby to sleep. I'm standing in front of the TV and I'm like, <laughs> they're rocking. So you can imagine like my internal reaction was like, I almost imploded because I couldn't exert it. It wasn't it wasn't an outside of body reaction. I was just like, I don't know what this is going to mean, but it's huge. It's like you wish you had one of those little Cassius things in your kid's ears so you yeah. could just shut off the hearing. <laughs> so you just go, yes! Oh my God! So the hearing back on. So yeah, man. Um, don't know what that means whether it's going to mean anything. It could just, be, could just be one of those almost heartbreaking details where it's just for the audience, you know? And it's like, they may never do anything. I'm sure they will. Like, I'm mm. not, I have no doubt that they will. But it could be one of those things where it's just we find it out and then when, you know, Deke dies or, or something happens later on down the track that it hurts us more than it hurts the characters because we know this hidden truth about them. But Yeah, um, yeah it's interesting to see. And do you get the vibe that Deke knows? Sort of that he had that one little line at the end to Deathlock. Oh, about the ring. Yeah. So I found this. It kind of reminds me of one my grandma used to wear. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if he realizes it yet. Or... I didn't get that feeling yet, but it, there wasn't mm. much to go on. So maybe I'll have to see what they do next yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. And the one other Deke related thing that I thought was interesting when it was a bit of an inconsistency is Deke says. I forget what they're talking about. He says fresh fruit is nearly impossible in the mm, future to mm. find in the future. It's nearly impossible. Yet when we first met Flint, little Flint, the little rock guy, yeah, he's eating an orange. He goes and <laughs> he goes and scavenges something, gives it to a person, and his little breakfasty treat for the thing is he's just walking down the corridor eating an orange. Yeah, and I'm like, I get that was a treat. But it's like when Deeks is nearly impossible to find and this yeah. little kid can scravenge for 10 minutes in the morning <laughs> and then go and buy one, 
either he's really spending his money the wrong way, or there's yeah, there's just like little things, like little details like that that they forget. Maybe everyone just hates Deke, and that's what they told him. Like, oh man, yeah, oranges? Are you fruit? Are you serious? Someone else come <laughs> by. It's like him. Hey, what do you want? Avocados? Oh, We're giving well, them away in the future. I, I have actually watched forward a couple of episodes. And, oh, um, plot twist! And uh, Deke. Deke does have a bit of a connection with lemons. That's all I'm okay. going to say. <laughs> just Deke and of lemons. All the fruits. Why? <laughs> just he, it, It's a bond. It's unbreakable. So, um, yeah, we'll get to that in a few episodes time. All right. Well, we'll get to uh, episode 13 next week. We'll find out about this, oh, no, this grandson thing, whether it's going to happen. If it's going to do anything, we'll find out in our next podcast. But right now, let's talk some Gifted. Episode seven of the uh, debut season. The doctors told me the other day, I'm I'm healing. I've got a scar on my back. The doctors are really impressed with how Mm. quickly I'm healing. So Mm. in my mind, I heard, "I'm Wolverine." (laughs) How much did you love that? I'm Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me again. Cut me right now. I'll heal in front of you. Make it happen. Uh, we're talking ex- extreme measures, episode mm. uh, seven of uh, season one, as we said. For me, man, I know I've been going on about it almost every uh, episode so far of The Gifted that it just feels like it's one story continuing on. It's a bit like a Netflix show. Mm. For me, this episode was the first break away from that. I almost feel it may be the last one or two to a, to a lesser extent, but definitely from where this one almost acts as a, a singular story more than any other episode so far has, but is broken away from what happened at the end of the last episode. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of setup in this episode. Yeah. Um, we had um, Clarice Blink sort of run away last week, and then this, I think this, that was my favourite storyline yep. of this episode, was the Clarice stuff. Yeah, 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 for is, sure. Is T-Bird hunting her down and her finding out, which I think is one of the darkest things ever. It's like when she had that, that, when she was sick in the second episode and she was letting off portals and they were going to like that weird country road somewhere mm. that was down the road from this place, like her foster home. Yeah. 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 Those portals drew the, the police there and Sentinel services. They've obviously searched the area, mm. found this mutant mm. foster home and have killed her foster parents, Yeah, which is f-ing dark. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's also galvanized her and her, it's like her thing is like, okay, I'm not going to run now. So, yeah, so it's like, I think it was like that turning, and, and Clarice did have that little moment at the end where she's like, I'm not going to run anymore. This is, it's like giving her 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 reason to fight. Mm. And then I think there was, you know, I, th- I think that was really nice. And it's almost like even um, Laura got that as well with Wes sort of being sent away and everyone's kind of having those galvanizing moments of finding a reason to fight. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's quite, I feel like that's going to be the setup and like, cause we are literally at the halfway point, yeah. it's 13 episodes. This is the midway point. So yeah, I feel like now we're going to sort of, you know, head down that roller coaster mm. and, uh, and see what happens. Yeah. See, while I think that stuff, yeah, was the, the strongest storyline in this episode for me, the Laura side wasn't, I, I, I don't mind come the end and like you said, the finding the reason to fight thing, but when we're presented a story that, as an audience member, I look at it and go, oh, well, okay, who cares? But then in the show, they make it out to be the most world-changing, devastating act ever. And the idea that, okay, her dad's looking through all these criminal files and he sees that the, the, the daughter's kind of new boyfriend has got something uh, in his past. And I'm like, okay, cool, what is it? Then it's like, oh, he robbed a store once. With, and f- what used his what powers? We do? don't know. For me, I'm like... Yeah, you you know where you are right now. It you guys are all struggling. 
once you've come together, you're trying to do things, you know, that aren't going to, you know, put you on the radar. You're trying to do things legitimately and getting food from sympathizers and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But before that, you guys were doing some pretty desperate shit just to survive because you're in a world full of people that want to kill you or imprison you or experiment on you, whatever. So this kid, if he's been banished by his family or whatever the story was, he has robbed this store. Okay, even if it wasn't for survival and he's just done it, it's not like he killed his last girlfriend or you right? know gave up the last group of mutant people that he was hiding with something that would absolutely change their situation like the fact that and he robbed the store and it's even said the um the the computer chick now what's her name i keep wanting to say cipher but it's not it's something else like her code name oh it's lost on me yeah yeah but she says it's like this place is built on trust the only things that we really like, we want you to t- want everyone to tell us the truth, but the only things that we are really red flags are, you know, violent crimes, mm. rape, you know, uh, violence against other mutants, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wes's powers, he can't do any damage with those. Mm-hmm. He's, 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 he's an illusionist. It's like we've, we've been through it with Marcos and we literally went through it with Marcos in the same episode. Yeah. Where he's going back to a drug cartel that he used to torture people for, yeah, and he's now going there to like blow up, you know, drug things like big um, shipments of drugs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of makes whatever Wes was doing kind of lame. Yeah, and like the- he was just doing it to survive. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was just you know. And best case scenario for Wes is that he did use his powers. Like you imagine going into a servo, which is what he robbed, right? It was a service station. I think that's what they said. Yeah, yeah. And so what do you get? You know, a couple of hundred bucks maybe and a packet of smokes, really, like in a Red Bull. Like, it's not like he's, you know, grand larceny or anything like that. He's went into a service station and he put up a mirage in front of the tendant that made him look like he was in the beach in the Caribbean. Yeah. And then while that guy's distracted, Wes sticks his hand in the till and steals some money. And a, like, pack, and a packet of Cheetos. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the best case scenario is that he's a mutant using his powers to rob a place. It's the most non-violent mutant crime I reckon we've seen in any of the movies or TV shows so far. Worst case scenario is that he, like any other human, goes out there with a gun. And I dare say that in America, robbing a place and not killing the person you're robbing, it's probably putting him on the top of the list of like least dangerous people out right. there. So short of putting out an illusion of a bridge over a like gully where there is no bridge and having mm. someone walk off a cliff, yeah. he can't really do any damage with his powers. Yeah. Like I was just like, really? And it's weird that even Laura kind of throws that back in her father's face. Yeah. And is like, Well, we break the law all the time. We're yeah. on the run. Wes was in the exact same situation. What how do they think he got to the point where he had to join the mutant underground for safety yeah. to get away yeah. from like I was like, really? Yeah. Is this what we're doing? And so I don't mind that bit where the father's angry about it because he's like, this is a violent guy. Okay. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but he's like, hey, do you know this about him? You just might want to be careful. And I like that, you know, her saying, he didn't do anything. And she goes, yeah, he did. Well, if he did, it wouldn't have been that bad anyway. And I'm like, where, which which side of the fence are you sitting on here? Right. Like, I feel like any argument, you're going to have a counter argument. But then when she goes and asks him and he tells her or she tells him that she knows... Then she's like, I don't know if I can ever trust you again. I'm like, fucking really? It's like, like, it's not that big of a deal. He was only introduced like last week. Yeah. <laughs> like, give us some time. Maybe he's not proud of the things that he did. And yeah. it's like, once they get closer as a couple, he will feel comfortable enough to tell her yeah. about what's going on. Yeah. I mean, and and her father didn't seem to go. I mean, granted, you know, the main sort of four or five leaders of the weren't really there. Like, T-Bird had gone off to help Clarice. But it's like, who's to, who's to say that he didn't even tell... The computer girl. Mm, mm. Who's to know that she didn't already know that? Or yeah. the people... Like, who's to know that Wes didn't give up all that information when he joined the, the group and they knew and they accepted it? It's just that Wes wasn't telling every single person about it. It's yeah. like only the people who... who 
needed to know knew about it. Yeah. And it's like, really, mate? I did like the line where Laura kind of goes in for it and says, you know, you're getting back into your old traits of working for Sentinel Services. You're mm. back You're back into prosecutor mode. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I did like that, but again, it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. So that, yeah, that that was probably the weakest part for me yeah. in, um, in this episode. And I didn't mean to give it so much time. It was just more when you do compare it to Clarice and T-Bird, and it's not like they ever sit there, just the two of them, and look blankly into the camera and say, oh, because you had those flashes, that meant that you were actually the one that killed your family by leading them here. The by leading the bad people here. And now that you have found them again, you realize your mistakes and you'll have to come back to us because you have no other choice. A lot of it was like you as an audience, you're putting this together. And then like you said, it's really dark when she didn't intend to lead people to where they went. They showed us the the pools of blood and the bullet holes in the door. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So when you've got that, mirrored up against the Laura storyline, it's like, okay, you're not giving me much dialogue as to why I should care about this Clarice thing, but I do because yeah. of what I'm seeing and how right. the tone and the way and that it's shot and how it's felt and acted. Whereas in the Laura storyline, you are just throwing things at me. You should be angry. This character should be angry. He is a bad guy. This is what he did that was bad. And I'm there sitting going, I don't think I do care. I would mm. let him off. He seems fine. Like, I, I've not kind of trusted him the last week and a half. Just oh, he's definitely he, a bit of a player. Yeah, but other than that, look, once we actually find out what the writers had in mind as to why we shouldn't trust him, I'm like, oh, I wasted all that time thinking about it. Yeah. And now he's seemingly gone to another chapter of the Mutant Underground somewhere. So do we ever see him again? Okay, if we don't, okay, was that a really worthwhile storyline? Yeah. Or if we do see him again, then why bother having this in there as some kind of anticlimactic payoff? And, and I feel and- like... And as much as I wasn't a huge fan of the the Marcos thing, like from a plot point of view, I understand they were just trying to get us there because they want Polaris and him to have an argument. Yeah. That was how we got there. Mm. How we got there was really, really dumb, and we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like Marcos did a worse thing by lying to everybody saying he was going to go and pick up supplies, yeah. but went and helped a drug cartel blow up a truck Yeah, and not tell anyone about it. It's like that. You're like if anyone found out if Sentinel Services found out that a mutant blew up that truck, <laughs> that's going to put more heat on oh, them. Oh, so much more heat, more you heat know? than they would like. He's getting involved in so many other different felonies, and misdemeanors, and hardcore crimes. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like Wes having done whatever he did, however long ago. Yeah, it's like really in the grand scheme of things, why are we? Why are we caring? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of mutants there that have done. I mean, there's that there's that big guy with like the shattered kind of thing on his face. I want to know what, what. I want to know his story. Yeah. It's like, tell me what. I, I kind of. Maybe he's gone through a little bit harder shit than Wes. <laughs> this this pretty boy who passes for human. Yeah. Uh, who can create illusions yeah. to get out of trouble. He's probably had an easier life than that big guy who's clearly a mutant with like a shattered face. It's mm. like, really? Mm. This, is what, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Really? Come on, guys. Mm. You know, and I know that uh, a few weeks ago in our Shield chat, uh, I was saying that once they got back, if you're hopefully watching the show, slow spoilers. Um, once they got back from the future to 2018, it was almost like as much for the audience as it was for the characters, a bit of a rebuilding phase. It's like okay, we're in a new setting. Let's let's find our feet. Whereas up until then, episodes one through ten went together really, really well. For me, gifted the same one through six. I've really. Love. Yeah, Not I've, I've was... never been this invested 
in brand new characters this early in yeah, the TV yeah, show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, need, need a lot of time to build. Yeah. So not that this by any means was a bad episode of The Gifted or of television or anything. It's just that when they've given to us what they have in the last six weeks, it was just a bit up and down depending yeah. on whose character storylines you're watching. Well, to have an A plot, B plot and C plot, yeah. I think, and all very sort of disconnected mm. was something different for them. I think if it didn't have the Clarice and T-Bird storyline, it'd be a pretty average episode. Yeah. I didn't mind the Markov stuff. Like, I didn't mind the story of telling us that, okay, he's he's got to make up to the cartel and his ex-girlfriend. He's, he owes them a favour because they helped him get Polaris back. I don't mind all that. The thing that didn't sell it for me is when we finally get to this thing that they're gonna about to pull off, they go, oh, yeah, we've got this other mutant who can basically freeze time uh, on all these guards. He's going to freeze time while you use your beams to blow up a truck. Mm. Did they need Marcos or did yep. they need a can yep. of gasoline and a lighter? Yeah. <laughs> when you've got a mutant who can stop slash slow down time of yeah. all those guards. Yeah. Really? Mm. They could have taken care of that with a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. If they had... So that was the point to me where it's like, I just wish they'd made it so that whatever they needed Marcos for was more key. Yeah. Or the opposite side of not having Marcos at all, but having the time guy, not having the time guy and just having Marcos. You imagine getting there and yeah. instead of just blowing up the truck, he did actually have to kill a lot of those Russian right. competitors. Because there and was that moment after he's blown up the truck where he kind of walked back. Oh, that I like that, that look face. on his face. Yeah. He was like he was back to that old Marcos. He was he enjoying it. it. It was almost like, and they do this a bit in some of the X Men um, cartoons and stuff like that. It's like sometimes a mutant just has to use their power. Mm. They just as a release. Yeah. It's you know they just need to get it out. It's yeah. like having a wank. You know they just sometimes <laughs> I was say just, hit a punching bag. But sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, potato, potato. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes they just need to get it out. There's yeah. just this build-up in them. And it's and so it was almost like a little tie, and it's like, you know, we have seen Marcos use his powers quite a bit, mm. but never in such a destructive way. Yeah. So it's like maybe that was just him just getting off a little bit on it, yeah. on being able to just completely unleash his powers. And we saw the way that Polaris reacted to seeing him do that for somebody else that she mm. thought he left behind. And yeah, imagine if he did have to like actually take a life. Yeah. What her reaction... Because I, I really liked... The, those first few seconds where she turned away and went to go back to the car and go, oh, let's get out of here. Yeah, he's on his own. He can the, sort his own shit out. A second later, there was like, no, what about him? She's oh, he can save himself. I'm like, oh, I actually almost didn't even need that. Mm. Like her, her face acting right after he did that little turn away, enjoying the release that he just had, like you just said, and her reaction to that were pitch perfect. Yeah. And then in turn... Like you said, he him lying to everybody, but then carrying on that lie. Like even though he didn't go where he said he was going to go, and she called up those people, and he couldn't come here anyway. We haven't had supplies for months. Like I don't know where he would have gone. I haven't seen anyone. And I've been calling you all day, and I, you know, I don't even know if he gave an excuse to that. Didn't get time to ask him about it. But then when he returns to base, he's still carrying supplies. Like he's mm. he's he's really built up the lie that hard. Yeah, and, and imagine, like you said, if he did have to kill someone, mm. given that he keeps bringing up the reason he went to the cartel was to save Polaris and save their unborn child. So mm. imagine it's imagine the conversation they could have if it's like he had to go and then back to to pay back to the cartel and help them out, and he's killed someone. Yeah, as pa- as a way to pay off the fact of him saving his his lover and his child, mm. like killing one life to save another. Yeah. It's like that's some pretty dark stuff as well. So it's like that's where I wish that had have gone. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I'm I'm glad that he did admit it to her, like straight. Like you know, he come back with that lie, and, and then he was, and she said, "Oh, you know, what happened? Where did you go?" And he he added to the light into her face, and so calmly enough that oh mm. wow, that's that's when it really hurts Polaris because she knows. Then when she said, "Oh well, I saw you," and takes the necklace off uh, off him, and he didn't not tell her why he did it. It wasn't just like, oh, I'll talk to you about it next episode. It was, no, I'm doing this because I got into this because I was trying to save you. Mm. And that's not fair on you. I'm not blaming you, but I'm trying to make up for that favor, that mistake that I made of going yeah. back to it. It was just the like only way I, that I knew how to I save don't, you. the cartel are going to be someone else who are chasing us. Yeah. It's better to just do this for them. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's where it plays up. Like Marcos has said to them that he's not going to hurt anyone. He's mm. not going to kill anyone for them. But yeah, I was like, nah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they just want to get to the point where there's tension between Polaris and Marcos mm. um, because they've been so good up to this point. But I'm just like, oh, I didn't I didn't quite buy the way that they got there. Yeah. But I think the, the Clarice stuff and that one scene of Dreamer and Polaris at the gate with the guards, yeah. that was enough for me in this episode to cool. just be like, you know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good. And then uh, over and well and truly the other side of uh, of this coin, the Sentinel Services. You've got Agent Turner. He's having a deal with I still can't remember his name. Only only the actor Garrett Dillahunt. The guy comes in with the beard. The, the uh, Doctor Campbell. Campbell, right? Apparently yeah. a scientist. That's funny because as you've just said, Agent what Turner? Turner. It's the first time I've, I've even <laughs> noticed that he even has a name. I only wrote it down in this episode <laughs> up until this point. He's just been that guy from Third Watch. Uh, okay, so. Uh, <laughs> Campbell or be writing that one down. He had a lot more to, to do in this episode and was trying to sell him the idea of, hey, well, maybe we should put mutants in the field. And mm. uh, and then him buying into that to the point that when Turner had people come into him and say, you need to cut off the ties with this not even government-run agency, like they're black ops, they don't even exist. We need to do things by the book. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to side with them. I think they got something going yeah, on. Yeah, and she was... um. DOJ, Department of Justice. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, the fact that they're going up against... I like the fact that Sentinel Service is now getting pressure. I think it's really realistic that Sentinel Services are getting governmental pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because there is going to be the two sides, you know, the of, of the political spectrum, they're going to be getting pressure from those that don't agree with what they're doing. Yep. So I really, really like that. It made it really realistic. It really grounded it for me. Yeah. Given the fact that, yeah, they've got this sort of secret and a huge name drop. Absolutely. Trask Industries. Yeah. That that was my jaw drop moment. Because, oh, was it? Yeah, and it was it. Like I referenced the 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 shield episode that it reminded me of from when the um when that show sort of you know rebooted its season in a way. That was this for me. Like up until this point, I was like, yeah, this episode's kind of cool. It's got some good moments. Trask industry. I was like, whoa, hang on a second. <laughs> you know, put down my drink. You know, turn the turn the TV up, and I'm like, what is going on here? So this is who these guys work for, and Trask Industries. They they're getting together with Sentinel Services. Oh shit! The last six episodes of this show are just going to be legit. Yeah, in the um in the cartoons. Uh, Trask Industries was also actually working with Senator Kelly. Now, Senator Kelly was the guy in the first X-Men movie who yep, got yep. changed into... He was like a political puppet being used by Trask Industries. Yeah, like, Trask Industries cool. is... You're, they're just into everything. Anything mutant-related. Yeah. You know, and obviously, they run the Sentinel program, all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're really insidious. Well, even so. the fact that like, he's telling us putting mutants in the field... He had one in the field the entire time, that bloke, the silent bloke that just stood there. Yeah. And then with like the clench of his fists was popping blood vessels in that DOJ woman's head like yeah. it was, Oh man. Like and so calmly too. 
Just Campbell. Just there with like a tiny little smirk on his face. Every yeah. scene, it's just oh, like... Oh, I'm a doctor. She's having a heart attack. Yeah. Give us some room. You guys don't no, know No, I'm actually what... assassinating her. Oh, it was cold. And wow. I love I love that actor. He's like, I, I really come to like him on uh, a, a little um, sitcom, well, not even a sitcom, a little comedy show, uh, Raising Hope. And he was oh, the, yep. the dimwit dad. And I actually really like that show and I love the chemistry, him and the mum. But prior to that, I'd seen him, I think it was only the first episode, but when he was the Terminator in Sarah the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah. And he played a great, again, it was only like one or two episodes, mm. but he looked like a really dangerous he, Terminator. He could play a really good Terminator, yeah. but then also played the ditzy actor that the Terminator ended up in impersonating. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe I didn't make it that far. Right, oh, yeah, right. no. Um, if it's the same actor, I think it is. It's, yeah, the um, the the Terminator comes in and wants to make a skin suit, so he makes it off a person, and it's an actor. Right. And it's, and it's Dillahunt. I've yeah. forgotten about that, I'm yeah. i certain. Yeah, no, he's great. Because he grows so... him in the tub. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, God, I need to rewatch wow. that show. I never saw much of the second season. I should go back. It's good. It is good. It's good. It's really good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm excited now that he's obviously starting to play a bit more of a role. But just that that Trask Industries name drop, and I know next to nothing about the X Men mm. history and mythology as much as what you do, but I still know enough to know that's a pretty big. F- yeah. Deal. And when Campbell was first introduced, I was I was even like, I don't know that name. Where's he from? What's yeah. what's happening? But. It hasn't given anything away mm. because to my knowledge, and again, most of my knowledge comes from cartoons and TV shows. There's not a lot of comic knowledge there. I don't think I've read an X-Men comic since I was probably 10 or 12. It's mm. all kind of been animated shows and, and reading and that kind of stuff. I don't remember Trask Industries ever doing this, like using mutants against other mutants, like brainwashing them. Like, yeah, right. Typically that's like a Hellfire Club thing or a um, um, Brotherhood thing or something like that. So it's like, it hasn't given it given anything away for me. Yeah, it's not like I'm going. Oh, that's this storyline. I know what's going to happen now, and it, I'm still kind of like, oh, okay. So it's just added to it. Trask is going to be involved, mm. which could go in a number of different directions. But because Campbell isn't a name that I know, and I think he might be an original creation for the show, it's it's still it's grounded enough in the mutant world that I'm hooked. But it's also differing enough that I'm like, I don't, I can't predict what's going to happen. Mm. And that's really exciting for me. You know what I love is that we started off, the majority of the first half of this chat was us sort of really putting shit on a particular element. Come the end of this chat, we're just full geeking out over <laughs> what the show is and what it can be and what it's going to be. So like you said, we're just over the halfway point. We're half an hour into the second half of this season. So we'll be back. Yeah. Uh, well, before we go, a couple of special mentions. Uh, the award for the cheesiest use of a blue screen goes to the opening of this episode. Oh, the, um, the, the, the flying, flying over thing. the lake thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm flying, Jack. <laughs> that looks terrible. I was waiting for her to look into his eyes and like, can you read my mind? Just like Lois Lane. <laughs> that was, it just looked terrible. Well, see, I thought that too and I'm like, oh, can it get away with it? Because, you know, it is fake anyway. Mm. But you're right. Like she's supposed to it, believe. I think the better part was when it's like, he goes, oh, I'm going to show you Paris. Yeah. And they see that happens to bring me and she kind of has to break to him. She's like, this isn't Paris, it's Rome. Yeah. It's like, oh, sorry. I saw it in the book. I can show you the world. That I've seen in a book. <laughs> um, and then the other part that I thought was interesting uh, was, uh, it's revealed, there, did we know? It's revealed they're in Atlanta. Oh, no, I don't That's think we did. Yeah, they were, which again has given me um, Walking Dead flashbacks. Yeah, of course. I'm like, oh God, they're in Atlanta. No, not again. Not again. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, well, this like gives me a moment because I'm like, 
where are they? Are they Washington? Because it's like a lot of the Sentinel Service stuff feels like it's like DC kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, but then they're in like in this weird abandoned bank that's in the middle of a forest somewhere. And I'm like, well, how could that much stuff grow over a, a an abandoned bank? Yeah. What's so? Yeah, I was I was really kind of like, where is this? Just a where is Atlanta in the grand scheme of things? Like, um, it's it's on the east side, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like lower than New York and slightly inland. Okay, right. Yeah. So close enough to all the action anyway with... Yeah, so that's why government. I feel like they can be close to like DC or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. They're, you know, I think they're close enough to that that they could do a, a trip there in a day or something like that. Nice. So, yeah, that'd be very interesting. And the other thing, a little bonus thing that I wanted to um, mention was, did you watch... I mean, it's a classic Marvel thing. Did you watch After the Credits? Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't notice this. It took until the second time I watched it because normally I'll watch it yeah. and then I'll watch it again to take notes. Um, I think I might have just left it playing in the background while I was doing some other stuff. And this weird, like, um, propaganda video comes up of this, oh, come to the Empowerment Academy and we'll look after your mutant children. Blah, 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 blah. With the, you know, uh, I am not my power. Blah, all this weird, like, propaganda. Yeah. Trying to get, like, mutants to come forward. And it, it kind of, at the end, it kind of plugs this um, empowermentacademy.com. So it's kind of like almost, you could tell already it was like, it's like an evil version of like Xavier's school <laughs> yeah, or something you're right. like that. <laughs> but so if you go to empowermentacademy.com, it actually then redirects you to sentinelservices.com. Nice. And it's this whole cool website yeah. of all this Sentinel Services propaganda. And it's like, oh, you can take a, a mutant test to see if you are one, blah, 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 blah. Very, very cool. Sweet. And... Even uh, while I've been watching the show, there's been a lot of um, uh, what was originally airing as well. There's a lot of great um, marketing through like social media, and it's like I think we've talked about like every character has their own emoji. Like, yeah, that's right. They've just pulled like, hey, the lightning bolt is T bird, and you know the the bang thing is is blink, and a green heart is Polar, and all these things. Uh, so I really have to commend the way they're doing like this sort of guerrilla marketing, mm. which is these little random bits on Facebook or Instagram, and now this sort of website with this sort of fake ad. I yeah. was like, that's really cool. Oh man, I hope there hasn't been other post credit scenes in the last. I know, six episodes. I'm kind of devastated. Especially I'm the like, pilot. You got to think that would have been a huge one. Yeah. Ah oh, shit. I kind of want to go back now. <laughs> I, need just, to, I now need to get I'm back. I'm going to Google and YouTube furiously just to see if there's anything else I've missed. <laughs> well, now I'll know. Now we'll all know. Yeah. Stick around to the end of the credits. See, Marvel. <laughs> it was a giveaway. It was right there. And it's like after the Marvel and the Fox logo. It's like right after. Like, oh, so you like absolutely would have turned off by that stage. Completely. Just, because TV don't really do that because people no. would, people aren't sticking through. At least with credits, movies, you're already at another place. Like, at least you're watching TV, you're at home. You're like, eh, switch yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, know. S.H.I.E.L.D. has to do that. If they're going to come back with the teaser, they've got to go, S.H.I.E.L.D. will return in a moment, you know, before yeah. they go to the ad breaks. Like, nah. All These done. guys are just wow. like, nah, we're just going to throw something at the end. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess that, that sounds like something, yeah, that's not, it's not necessary by any means, but it's... It's just that extra little bit of effort yeah. that the show puts in. All right, well, yeah. I'm definitely doing that next week. So uh, we'll be on end credit watch. Boom. That'll be episode eight uh, on our next gifted podcast. Threat uh, of Extinction. Ooh, small E, big X, I'm going to guess. Mm, Extinction. Damn straight. Uh, you can check out all of our old uh, gifted podcasts, Shield podcasts uh, on the other side of the coin, DCTV chat, Ben, Terry, and myself. All of our movie reviews, trailer breakdowns, Comic-Con, which was a little while ago as well. It's all on the Get Into Geek podcasting channels. Find us on socials, follow us, share, like, all that sort of stuff there. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just simply search Get Into Geek. Myself, Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram. You want to come and chat some 
geeky superhero gear. Matty, where you at? At High Pitch Matty on the stuff and things. And we'll see you back on those stuff and things next week. You. Get into geek.